Hello, and welcome to the Challenge Chronicles podcast. I am in a very unfamiliar position as the host for this episode because Devin and Trace are both out on work responsibilities. So I called in the bullpen, and Pat Mayo has joined us in the analyst chair. Pat, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Have you ever hosted anything before in your life? Uh, no, no. Hosted dinner parties. That's the closest I've come to hosting. Well, just think of it that way. Yeah, but that's like 13 people, and I, I'm just like spending most of my time like cooking food or cleaning dishes. I'm not actually having any other facilitate conversation. Ah, uh, see, Rob, you need to get a little bit older, make some more money, then you can pay someone to do the cooking. How how common is that? Not very. Okay, because uh, you know you watch Frasier, and he's always hosting these dinner parties where he's like calling a caterer who's worth like thousands of dollars. Everybody's wearing suits. Like, wondering how often does this happen? You well, you you got to think a. Frasier's a TV show about the upper, upper class, and Frasier's a millionaire. Is he actually a millionaire? Yeah, yes, he is most definitely a millionaire. Really? I didn't think he'd make that much money from psychiatry or radio hosting. Do you make that much money? In the 90s, sure. Radio was huge. I guess that's fair. And by the time you're in, like, he's in, like, the new show now, he's, like, been on a TV show, apparently, like, he's Dr. Phil, so then it makes sense he has a ton of money. Yeah, but I just, even, even during Cheers, he had a ton of money. That was, like, one of the main conflicts of just how much money he made being a doctor. He left being a doctor to host a radio show in Seattle, much cheaper. Actually, at the time, Boston and Seattle were probably equivalent in terms of how much it cost to live there, but, yeah, the, the, the radio gig, like, I, I, I've talked to a few people who were doing radio gigs that, like, I caught them at the tail end of their careers, and they're like, yeah, I'm just not going to do this internet thing anymore. It doesn't pay anything. And they were making, like, 200 k a year to do internet stuff, and they were like, no, no. Like, I, I'm used to making, like, multi-millions yeah, of dollars because of syndication. Yeah, it's funny. I had an argument with a friend the other day who was saying that he thinks Boston is the third most prominent city in the United States. Prominent or expensive? He was saying prominent in the sense of, like, if you're telling somebody, hey, here are the most significant cities in the U.S., if you're describing the U.S., you start with these three cities, it would be third, which I did not agree with. I mean, you, I think you could make the case. I mean, I think it's New York, L.A., then Chicago, but that's me. Yeah, the one thing with Chicago, I think most people talk about Chicago as if it's, like, baby New York. That's the one thing you hear from, at least from, an, from people who are not from New York or Chicago. Most outsiders' perspective on Chicago is that it's like New York, but, you know, with like a couple of slight differences. It's not that it's its own distinct thing, which would be, I think, it's, I think it I think it probably is third. Honestly, it's third in population size. If you look at most, like the third biggest in terms of just like industry, Chicago's probably third. But in terms of just like a cultural perspective, I think a lot of people just view it as kind of sub-New York. I see. I don't. I mean, I, I lived in Toronto for so long that like it's like fat person Toronto. <laughs> like it's exactly like it's exactly the same setup it's nicer than toronto but like everyone just in chicago weighs 15 pounds heavier than they do in toronto that's like the first thing you notice like wow it looks exactly the same it's on this big lake it has this downtown area but like everyone's just heavier yeah i i guess because that's the one thing with new with the culture because like culturally from chicago right it's pretty similar to new york in terms of like when you envision like the snl chicago fan in your head yeah it's like heavier set guy really loves the bears you know, complain like complaints about traffic and how that that's kind of just the the monotone voice that they inhibit. Is everything you know about Chicago from SNL? Like, have you been to Chicago? I've actually not been to Chicago. So I you have no have idea. A, well, no, but I'm just saying from, from from talking to people who have been to Chicago, it's like, the first thing everyone says is, "Oh, it's like New York. It's just like different, like X, Y, and Z." Way. See, I, I didn't find it to be anything like New York, but I mean, people okay. say that about Toronto as well. That it's like you know, minor league New York, and I I don't find that they're similar in any kind of way. Yeah, I think it's. I think Chicago's probably the third most prominent city in the country. I think the other answers are like maybe San Francisco, maybe DC. Had another friend who said Miami, which I, I don't think it'd be Miami. See, I wouldn't throw DC even close to that mix. 
My thing with DC would be, I get where it's from like an overall size. It's just not as big as those other places. But I do think it is culturally pretty independent of those other places. I do think it's its own kind of thing. And I mean, obviously, it's like capital of the country has all the political action that happens around here. So that, that would be the case for it. I, I think Chicago would be above it. But DC, from like a cultural perspective, I do view it as pretty distinct from LA or New York. Maybe, but like, I, I, I would think of it as, as an outsider. I mean, I'm not American. Like, where would I want to go to visit? Like, DC would be a hundredth on that list. Like, why would I ever want to go to Washington, D.C.? It sounds horrible. It's like n- none of the fun of New York that's even smaller when I could go to Miami. I'd rather go to Charleston. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think D.C. would have, like, at least better night. It has better what? Nightlife than Charleston. Yeah, maybe. But, like, I'm old now, so I don't need to have that the sort of nightlife you're talking about. You also go to bars and don't drink, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, I'm, t- I'm still out. I'm going out to bars and clubs all the time. I'm seeing from a sober mindset, so I have a clear view, and it's not just, you know, completely filtered. I couldn't imagine being in one of those places and not being out of my mind. Like, why would I ever be there? It sounds horrible. Well, you're still mingling. You're still meeting new people. You're sort of out with your friends. You're still doing something. It's better than just, like, sitting at home. I don't know if it is. I, 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 I very much enjoy going. And part of it is why I enjoy going. It's why I'm near, I'm near D.C., which is, it, it, I mean, it generally is considered one of the better nightlife areas in the country. I mean, it doesn't sound like you've been anywhere. So how do you know? Oh, I mean, I've been to New York. I've been to L.A. I have, there have been a lot of cities that have not crossed off the list yet. So I'm probably not the most informed person on this topic. But uh, I'm going to say, I, I mean, I, I would rather be in New Orleans. I'd rather be in Austin. I'd rather be in Dallas. I'd rather be in Phoenix. I'd rather be in Denver. Uh, I've been to Minneapolis a bunch of times. But, like, I, I wouldn't probably put that back there. Unless you really enjoy, like, golfing, uh, you'd probably stay away from Minneapolis. But, yeah, Boston would be... But it's funny because Boston so much like is so similar to where I live. Like they're kind of like sister cities in a weird way. Like they were built three hundred years ago. There's a bunch of one way streets that make absolutely no sense. Like it's a very small city portion of the city, and then it's just like the rest of the city. So you know, there's a distinct culture in Boston, if nothing else. Yeah, that's the thing with Boston too, right? Boston does have its own very like it borrows a lot from Irish culture. Boston is kind of its own entity. Uh, in a way a lot of other cities aren't. So I think that was the argument. We've gone way off the rails here. I'm going to say, here's the tip about being a host. As someone who professionally hosts a show every single day and has been doing so for 15 years, Rob, do not let the guests dictate where the situation goes. You need to get me back on the rails here. We're to talk here to talk about the challenge, the reunion, All-Stars 4. You don't need me hosting. You need to step in. Well, which would you prefer to talk about first, the reunion or All-Stars 4? All-Stars 4, come on. Yeah, that's the way to go, right? This reunion, ugh. Um, I mean, for me, the biggest thing I saw from the start is the prize money is down to 300 k now. Why does anyone care about that? I think it's just interesting that the we got a million dollars on Dirty 30, and we've kept going down since then. They just have no money? Or they were just like, hey, it's Dirty 30. It's a big special event. We'll offer a million dollars. Like, the stuff changes. I suppose. And, like, look, a show at Traders is only having 250 for the win, right? So it's not like this invalidates the show. It's only at 300k. I just thought it was interesting that it's kept going. Who, who is saying that invalidates the show because it's, like, this this amount? Like, that's crazy talk. Um, I mean, some people think that when they were talking about Traders specifically that it's caused some of the cast not play as hard. The fact that well, obviously for Traders, the U.S. version, because I watched the U.K. version, too. And that's, like, it's, it's different. Uh, it's just a totally different vibe. But I love the American version because it's just a bunch of reality people. It's no different than, like, House of Villains. When I watch House of Villains, like, did they really care about the 200 grand that was up top? Like, no. No one cared. No, but that's like, wasn't the point of that show, right? But it was. It was to win the money. It was a competition show. 
Yeah, but I think a show like House of Villains is really more about just what's going on in house, right? Like, how do these personalities interact? What, what are they? What are they up to with some of the people we haven't seen in a bit? Whereas Traders, I mean, Traders has a lot of dynamic personalities, but it is, I think, more about the game. Even if the game itself is pretty broken. Eh, I, I, I just enjoy seeing the different reality stars from the different shows come and like mix it up, and I don't think that they care who. I think CT's trying to win. CT, I think, is always trying to win. Well, that's the one thing. Even Trishel, weirdly enough, like, because I'm all the way caught up on, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but, like, the people from the challenge, Big Brother and Survivor, just you can see that whether the money means anything to them or not, I don't know, but they just want to win, where, like, the Housewives people just don't care. Yeah, it's just, it, that is what, the one thing I think that's cool about those shows is just seeing the different style that everybody brings to it, right? Seeing how Survivor players different than a challenge player versus just a random housewife or Vanderpump Rules cast member, seeing what they do. And it's somebody like CT, where if you listen, like, if you've already paid attention to any of the fan discussion around traders, they're like all impressed by CT. Wow, CT's got such a strong social game. He's so good at lying out of the weeds, which he was good at on the challenge. But I think it really sticks out in a show like traders. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah, I mean the other thing. So the other thing from the All Stars Four trailer, a couple of other big notes I had. The what one mean, winner. Other other big notes. I did. You have a big note, or was it just like the prize money is down? That that was your big note. I, that was one of them. I had other ones too, though. Like okay. the fact that we're back to one winner again. Um, I, I just. Do you care at all about that or no? I, I actually do. That is something that I do care about. Uh, only because I think that there should be at least a man and a woman who win. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I guess I kind of know why the show has gone away from it, right? It probably makes the shit, it mirrors more so what was the conventional reality format. And like the idea of just having one when there's just one person who went to the show, I can see why that's somewhat desirable. I just think it's a more interesting show if it's male and female. I think that, yeah, I think it's a more interesting show because of what they're able to do in terms of competition. Like once you, not, I don't want to say water it down, but once you try to, the degree of difficulty of trying to make something fair for men versus women, you lose a lot of sort of the stock competitions that you would want from the challenge anyway, like you know, the big headbanger type things. Not that they're going to break out a ton of those on All-Stars, but even the regular show. But you, you can just screw it up so easily. Like, I just remember in Bloodlines, like, the equalizers. Like, you can only test them so many times, and it's with people, like, on the set and on the crew who are doing it. It's like, oh, yeah, this, this works fine, and then you do it in practice, and it's horrible. At least with two dudes, like, you know what you're getting. With two females, you know what you're getting. Uh, and I would just like to see more than one winner. Yeah, I, I like seeing more than one winner. And three, it's just so much easier to do it competitively. Like, it's just the idea of equalizers in your head, I just don't think in practice it ever works. Right, because like if we have equalizers in place, so somebody like Laurel should dust essentially every guy in this cast, right? Like Laurel versus Ryan Kehoe or Laurel versus Jay, Laurel should just walk away with it. And then the inverse, and there really isn't that many bad we females on this cast, but like then Brad, for example, just dust floor. But then basically to try to do that correctly, you need to kind of find the midpoint and of each of the male and female competitors and make it so that it exactly works out whether even each time. I think most of the times the eliminations when they have these equalizers in just ends up okay. Who did they set up a good job with the equalizer or not? And that just determines who wins. I would tend to agree. That's why I think just keeping it separate or making them pairs and having two winners but one team makes just way more sense. Yeah, it was interesting in the reunion that Tori brought up specifically that she didn't like having uh, the one winner. She liked it to be male and female. I'd be curious what most of the cast would say if they liked the one winners to get all the money or if they prefer it to be split. Well, I, I guess Kara won Vendetta's. But that final was so stupid at the end. It's just like, all right, just get to the end and do this puzzle. And then the puzzle is who wins. I think Tori probably looks at it and is like, well, if there's only one winner and it isn't that style of final where it's just one station at the end and you have to win a puzzle, like, how am I going to beat Jordan? 
yeah or like or landon or whoever right yeah well just yeah whoever like the the very like top and most athletic merit like basically triathlon dude like yeah landon would you say that jordan's probably the best in finals ever I think he and Jordan Landon are the two. I think his, Landon is better at him than and better at puzzles than he is. That would be the one big difference between the two of them. So that's why I'd probably leave Landon a little bit, but he'd be number two. At the majority of finals, right? Like some of these things, you know, anybody can win, but at the majority of finals. But those two would seem like a cut above the rest, right? Yeah, I would think so. You have somebody like Turbo who just won the most difficult final we've ever had. So it's just hard to rank him. Though. But when you only have one instance of winning and it was against Theo, who hasn't done a final elsewhere, uh, Wes, who's been impressive in the past, but was kind of older. Like, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Now, I would just say, like, peak Jordan is probably the best. Like, Jordan on the world championship season was just, like, if there's going to be any sort of, like, long-distance running in, in this, just it doesn't matter what they do at the stations. He's just going to dust everyone. Yeah. Like, even he's going up against Sarah and Theo, who are bad in that final, but still he just dusts them, and Theo's an Olympic-level sprinter, right? Or what, close to Olympic-level sprinter. Yeah, I think he did the 400-meter, didn't he? Um, I don't know what specific event it was. And it was something like he didn't actually qualify for the Olympics, but he got very close. So we, we had a, uh, we have a friend who's challenging another friend to a race about who's faster between them. Uh, yeah, we're almost 40. So this is going to end with like a torn Achilles or something like that. And they're both like in bad shape, uh, the two people that are doing this. But one of them said he wanted to run a hundred meters and the other guy's like, no, let's run a mile. Who can win a mile race? I kind of split the difference. I was like, I think if you run 400 meters, whoever wins the 400 meter race kind of proves you're the fastest. Like, I don't, I know that like the hype around the 100 meters, like fastest man alive, Usain Bolt. But I think that's just because people like the 100 meter dash to watch on TV because it lasts 10 seconds max. That if you actually want to show who like the fastest person in, I think 400 meters is where you want to be. Yeah, I think 100 meters is the quickest person. Right, it's just who's the fastest off the jump and can be quickest in a short stint. But I mean, why? Why is it 100 meters? Why don't they just do 40, 40 yards like they do with the NFL Combine? Like, do we do we shrink it down to like who's the fastest in three steps? Like, if you're gonna be the fastest, like there should be, like maybe a mile is too much endurance, especially for these guys. But 400 meters is like one lap around the track. I was gonna say, what's the argument? Just who's faster between the two of them? Yeah, yeah, I think 400 is probably the way to go. Miles too. Is a mile too long? I mean, I think as a viewer event, like 400, you can get people to buy in for a minute. So, but watching two out of shape people run a mile, like, do you find that entertaining as like an outsider? Well, it's not on TV. No, but you're gonna be watching, right? I mean, probably not. I'll probably like bet on one of them and go on my way. Yeah, I might show up. So we did a thing. Jeez, it was before I moved to go to broadcasting school. So I would have been like 22 or 23. So that was probably 15 years ago at this point, like 2008 range, 2009 range. And before I left, we did like, it was me and my friend who's in this race against another one of my friends and the other guy who's going to be in this race with those two going head to head. And we just rotated. Everyone got to pick one of their sports and we played each of them as a team of two. And then golf was going to be the tiebreaker. And obviously everyone who picked the sport that they wanted to pick ended up winning the sport they wanted to pick. The first one we did, I just picked a race and it was like an indeterminate amount of length, but it was like from like one spot on a road to the other spot of the road and back, you would tag your partner in and they would come back. It was approximately 2.2 kilometers, which is not all that far. It's like just over a mile, like 1.4 miles. So it was me against the guy who didn't want to run the mile and wants to run the 100, 100 meter dash. And he beat me for probably about the first 10 steps of the race. In a two kilometer race, I beat him by 31 minutes. <laughs> wow. 
I don't know if you ever finish. Like, we just stopped counting. I was going to say, I mean, because how long would it take you to run two kilometers yourself? Uh, I ran it in like eight and a half minutes. I was going to say 31 minutes. You could do that. You should probably do it three three or four times over. I I probably could have done the circuit four times by the time he finished one of them. I I I don't know if he ever finished. Wow. Because the other, my guy, who was the slow guy on the back end, finished before he made it to the end of the first one. So his partner was just uh, like, what was it, bananas on that ep- elimination against uh, Leroy and Nia, where he just hanged there and didn't do anything. Well, I was with him, and I, I had my car down at that end, in fact, because I was just going to drive it back because I didn't want to run back. We were waiting for the other guy. And like after a while, he's like, yeah, I'm, he just drive me back. Like the, the race is over. He was just like looking at his watch. And we passed the other guy who was like dying of heat stroke. It wasn't even all that hot, like, I don't know, half a kilometer from the finish line. <laughs> Well, prayers are for this guy if it is a mile. Yeah, so it's probably not going to be a mile. It's probably going to be 400 meters. Oh, shout out to anyone out there. If anyone's listening to this and you want some free money. Rob, did you know I left DraftKings and I'm with Underdog now? Uh, I did. I knew the first part of that equation. Yeah, so as of March 1st, I have left DraftKings with Underdog. So if you go to the Pat Mayo Experience, audio podcast, video version, whatever it is, like my past two shows, if you go and get yourself an Underdog account, uh, use code Mayo, like when you sign up, and you get like a deposit match, like deposit like 10 bucks or something like that. But in the show, there's like a, like a form, a, like a Google Doc. And if you go to the Google Doc and you enter like your information, what state that you're like, basically email, username on underdog, and state that you're in. Or if you're in Canada, you can just like write down like what province that you're in. Um, within the next two weeks, we're giving away, we're giving five people $1,000 each. So I just want to get that out to people in case they want 1000 bucks. <laughs> Pretty good. Am I eligible or you? No? You are absolutely. I'm not doing the draw, so I'm eligible for it. It's going to be a randomized draw. So use code M A Y O when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy. Get yourself the username, then go fill out that Google Doc. You might win a thousand bucks. It takes and the Google Doc's like fifteen seconds. Nice. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, that covers half my laptop that I'm ordering now that I'm finally upgrading technology. See, there you are. Um, I think this is the best female cast of all time. Got to be way up. Right? I, I mean, this is... I can't think of one that's better. Yeah. I'm trying to think in my head who might be better. Like, top to bottom, good. Like, even someone like Nicole Zanata, who, like, no one really likes, but she's pretty good. She's just not very intelligent, but she's extremely physically gifted. Yeah. And, like, you know, and just even having Tina and Veronica on the season, like, that's a lot of fun just because we like them as characters. Like, I think Janelle is good. Like, obviously, Kara, Laurel, Rachel cam like that's that's a pretty stacked one two three four obviously we love ayana avery like i've just been a big avery fan since real world portland and i don't know why she stopped doing the show but i'm so glad to see her back jasmine's like yeah whatever i I like jasmine so having her come back and i don't know who flora is so that's like a wild card but these random wild card people they pull out of nowhere like to bring back are usually pretty good not like yeah, compa- usually it's like this person this person wants to be on TV, right? They're coming back. They've got something to talk about. Like, they're being brought back for a reason. And it's not, you know, so many people now that come on, get casted on the show, I feel like they're kind of expected to be casted. They don't feel like they have to do anything in order to keep being casted. Whereas these people who come on, it's like, hey, I'm going to be here for four weeks. Let, let's uh, go all out here. Well, there's also a big thing, too. And one part that I really appreciate about All Stars, and, and I think that all of the challengers, basically the, the older ones have talked about this at this point, where – 
Yeah, it, the challenge is, like, you know, it's Banana's job, although he has 8,000 other jobs at this point. It's CT's job. Like, that's what it morphed into. But a lot of these people who are coming back, who are especially on this show, like, have careers. Like, they have jobs to go back to. So someone, like, I don't know what Flora does or what she's going to do after this. But just being on this show in particular, it will increase her visibility on social media. And maybe she can show up to a challenge mania and get, like, a check for... 2500 bucks or whatever it is or do something else that will probably lead to like an extra 10 grand a year over the course of the next five years something like that and that's worth it plus what you get paid to go on the show there she's not trying she probably has a career of something she just does for a job and when you can make like an extra 10 grand a year for showing up somewhere for two weekends that's a really nice luxury to have of coming back on the show it's not like the people that you see come on now where you know if they don't get x amount of followers with their time on the show then their influencer deals are going to have them paying their bills and they're going to have no money left so i appreciate this part of it because people are coming on because like you said they want to they're gonna create some good tv but it's not life or death for them either yeah i don't think you see many people come on all stars and be like oh i like was kind of forced to come on right or like i feel like i had to come on like remember when Trello owens got in fight with ct on champs versus stars and ct basically ct like he didn't ask to be here like he had to be on the show nobody's in that position if I'm what why did T is because he had no money he needed money. Yeah, he had no money. So I guess the MTV bucks were always paying his bills at that point. Good for him. Just put Tio on the main show. I don't know if he's going to come back. He's like 50 now. But I guess yeah, so I is Cyrus. If you put Tio on the main show now, is he still the most athletic person there? Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, I think he's just dusting everybody. I mean, I don't know, because you don't know his effort level. Like, even to go back and think about, like, when Lolo was on the show. Like, Lolo was probably the most athletic person who's ever appeared on the show. Like, not even close. She's yeah, it's just she's an stuff. Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, it's just this is not all what the show is, right? There's no, it's not. But or even just like just you know knowing how to expend effort in the right ways, knowing what to do in those missions, because like Lola goes that whole Lolo goes that whole season. She doesn't win a mission that entire time. No, she doesn't. But she's but everyone is just deathly afraid of her, which they yeah. should have been. The other big note from the trailer is this star situation. Um, so we think, what, somebody wins a mission, they get a star, and then you can steal it in elimination? Yeah, I, I think that there, see, I like that twist better than I like a skull twist where you have Definitely. to go in, because I do think, because, what was it on, was it All-Stars 3? That, who was it who won all the missions, but then they didn't get all, like, the, because remember you got the stars, and you got some yeah. sort of advantage going into the fight? I think it was Brad, like Brad. Brad won. Yeah, but there was someone who kept winning all the missions, and then they didn't get a reward really for winning. Like winning the mission should be like the most valuable thing in the game. Like, I think, I think that's the one part of the show that's really overlooked, right? Like you need really need to, if you make these missions valuable, like I have a reason to tune in where so many of these missions is like, why am I even watching this? It doesn't it barely matters who's winning this thing. But if you make them get a star, so they need to win that in order to go to the final. I mean, that's at least giving a huge incentive to try on the missions, right? Now everyone's actually going to be going for it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, like, winning a mission is harder, if it's an individual type thing, than winning an elimination, just because you have a 1 in 10 chance, theoretically, versus a 1 in 2 chance in an elimination, when you're going head-to-head with someone, and that keeps you out of elimination as well. Like, you get your star, it's valuable to win, you hold power in the house, like, you can, so, basically, if you finish in last in the mission, you can go get a star because you're automatically in, like, that's, I, I get why you'd be able to steal it if you won, or whatever the rules might be, I don't know what they are. But that just kind of seems like you're falling backwards into doing well. You'd hope it at least makes the season less predictable, 
right? Because it's just, you're not just going to carry layups into the final at this point if they need to win themselves to get a start. Of course, there's a chance it devolves into like, hey, we're just going to all lay down on this mission and hold somebody else back so this person can win and they can get their star. Um, but I think at least for the first half or two-thirds of the season, I don't think it should bring down the competition. Well, it'd be better if there was only a, like six stars. So there was like three men, there was three male stars, three female stars. And you had to have one of them to go to the final. Like there's not an unlimited like, amount. There's only so many. So then how do you get them? You have to steal from them in elimination or you just can keep winning and stealing from the winners of that? Point? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the hard part about like, it. Like I would think that if you win a mission... Or they're like the first because there's how many, how many episodes are going to be ten, probably ten. All sorts of usually ten. Yeah, so I I don't know I don't know exactly. Listen, I just kind of came up with this on the spot, but just trying to think through it. Like you get some for winning a mission, and if you go into elimination, just because you win an elimination doesn't mean that you get a star. But if you call someone with a star into elimination, you can take theirs if you beat them. I wouldn't love that because I think the move is actually just not winning any of the first couple of missions because then they're getting brought down into elimination really quick. Yeah, but then you might not get your star. Yeah, I, I, I think that would reward a little bit too much passivity for me. I don't mind if it's just you win, you get a star, and that's it. We don't have a limited number. You just have to win at some point. Um, I, I think that's a fine way to go about it. If that's what they decide to do, we don't know if that's what they decide to do. So since this like filmed a year ago, uh, I have somehow avoided the spoilers the entire time, which is fantastic news for me because I hate being spoiled on things. But... I, I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. There's more men than women. Did someone drop yeah, out? Yeah, I noticed that. I, usually when you see a stilted cast like that, um, and there's not... Like on Final Reckoning, there was more women than men, but that was because of the weird way they did the pairs that season. For a season like this, I think that means somebody's probably dropping out before the first mission, and then Cyrus or whoever's coming in to take their spot. Because Cyrus was not on the initial cast. Okay, so someone drops out. So, I mean, people are like really chastised the men's cast here. I actually don't mind it. Uh, I think it's very top-heavy, but it is full of people like I kind of like. And I will tell you that I, I stopped watching the reunion. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, the trailer for All-Stars 4 is out, and my wife and I were watching, because that's what we do on Wednesdays, is watch the challenge. Uh, you know, we, we let the commercials pile up a little bit, and we fast-forward through. We try to watch it in real time as much as possible. But I threw on the trailer to All-Stars 4, and it, like, froze on a shot of Adam Larson. She's like, who is that? <laughs> like, handsome fellow, this Adam Larson. <laughs> yeah, how old is he? I think he's 42. Okay. He looks... It's good. funny, because he... I even think for like pretty well-known fans of the show, his name not, might not resonate that much because his time was so long ago. The last time I can remember, like he was first out in Gauntlet Two, right? Yeah, he Derek beats him, and because he, he's the captain first in Gauntlet Two. Yeah, and like he's forty-five years old. I'm looking at it right now, and that was the last time that we saw him, right? Yeah, that was the last time we saw him. I, I like Adam. I, I liked what he brought to the show. I mean, he's gonna have a pretty good chance with this guy's cast. That's the one thing is it's just. I, I think most of them bring stuff to the table from an entertainment perspective, but there's a lot of bottom feeders in this men's cast. Yeah, but we don't know, though, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. after watching the trailer and seeing Jay, like, Jay looks like he's in great shape. Like, actually great shape, you think, or just like beer and biceps? I, I don't know. But, like, he looks like... Listen, he, just because you have... You, you're not that lean with giant biceps if all you do is arm curls. Okay, I didn't notice that he was like looking lean in the trailer. Maybe I just missed that. I just remember his whole diet before was just beer burgers and bicep curls, and that was all. Yeah, that did. was also ten years ago when he was twenty-one. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I mean, he he definitely has a chance to be better, right? Because I mean, I don't know. We've got Ryan Kehoe, who was just on the show, was not very good. Derek Chavez, who was on the show, I think he's 
better than some of these guys. But really? See, well, I don't understand why they bring Derek Chavez back over and over. Like, I just don't get it. I, I mean, he has some. Is there anybody he's actually been connected to on this cast? I guess Jasmine. Jasmine. Jasmine Cancun. Sometimes I like having that storyline coming into it. He seems like he's probably willing to go on. It's been a while since he's been involved in anything. He was on All Stars 3. No, but I mean, like, involved in any. In the house storylines. Oh yeah, like I like I'm I'm happy to see Brandon Nelson back. I like Ace. I would I just hope that Ace has a positive moment. I would just like to see because everyone seems to like him. All the viewers like him, and I don't know if he's ever had a good moment on the show, like where he like he wins made, something. He made the final on Inferno Three. They lost, but he didn't make the final. He did, but there was a part of that season where I think he got he like he got drunk and he said something to Susie, and Susie took it the wrong way. I think it was Susie. It was someone in the house, and like, he had to go yeah, apologize. Like, it was horrible. He got drunk and started singing to her at, like, 3 in the morning, and then she, like, pushed him off the bed, and he almost got hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just kind of being a drunk idiot, and, like, she played it up like, I can't believe he came into my room. It's like, it's the challenge house. Like, it's an open space. <laughs> You've got to be prepared for the fun challenge house, right? That's just what you're getting signed for. Uh, happy to see Steve Menke back. Yeah, Steve is fun. I mean, that's the one thing with the Steves and the Aces of the world. They do have a good shot to hang around with this cast. That was my thinking if it's just like, hey, we really like Ace. We really like Steve. When you like make a cast, it's going to let them hang around for a bit. And that this is the cast to do it when you've got Tyree and Kehoe hanging around. Any chance Tyree's better? Yeah, I think there is a good chance he's better. He at least, like, I mean, he played football at some point. <laughs> so that's that's a more athletic tracker than some of these guys. And he's bigger, right? Like if it's just a brawler or elimination, he should be able to win. Yeah, I mean, they. It's funny because I was I was rewatching Rivals, just the original Rivals, not too long ago. And who was his partner? Was it Ty? He was Davis. Davis was on Rivals. I was with Brandon. Then what am I thinking? It was Tyree and Davis, and then Brandon and Ty. Yeah, because Brandon and Ty lose to Wes and Kenny in the rope climbing elimination when Kenny can like barely do it. Okay, so then then it was Wes and Kenny versus Tyree and Davis in that like weird pole one. No, they, they were like the football one where you just had to like knock each other out of the ring. Yeah, but I thought they had like a pole with you and you had to like push them when they, when they were uh, wearing football. Oh, maybe. I, with him, maybe they did have a pole there too. Something to that effect. But basically he just got pushed out of the ring and lost with Davis. Yeah, I just thought he would have been better at that. Because like Kenny's in really good shape now if you see him on Instagram. Like he's a personal trainer in New York. Like he's just absolutely cut. But he's not a good athlete whatsoever. No, I never thought he was. I always thought... Like, obviously, he was a good competitor on the show, but I never found him to be, like, an athletic presence. Sure. No, it's a lot like Bananas in a weird way. Like, I don't think Bananas is a good athlete. Like, he's a fine athlete. Like, he has good coordination. But there's nothing specifically about Bananas in general. Be like, man, that guy's good at... Like, Wes, you can see. Like, Wes can run. Like, Wes can swim. Like, he's an athletic dude. Brad is an athletic dude. CT is an athletic dude. They have that athletic frame. Bananas just doesn't have it. It's like he morphed himself into being this. Kenny, I always felt, was very much the same way. Like, Evan was by far the most athletic of those three guys. Yeah, Evan was the one guy of those that crew he could watch. I'm like, okay, that guy's an actually, like, extremely good physical competitor. Like, yeah. Whatever we're doing around the office, whatever game we're playing, he's probably the best at it. Yeah, and I, I think he played, I, I like, well, he's Canadian, so I assumed he, I think he played college hockey at Cornell when he went there. Yeah, something like that. He definitely had not, he definitely had a hockey background. He just, I mean, because he was, like, bigger than those other two guys, but he was still way faster and still way better at running long distances. Yeah, well, you could tell that, like, he, like, the other two guys, like, Kenny and Bananas, both, like, they would actively show up in good shape, like, they had trained for this, where Evan just looked like he rolled out of bed and just, like, yeah, I can run, like, don't worry about that. <laughs> right, because he, I mean, even on Rivals 1, when CT makes a joke about him being pregnant, he's still pretty good athletically on that season up until they lose to Adam and CT. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like that, like he was legitimately out of shape at that point. 
and he was still. Yeah, I I think he does not get enough credit for being just a really good competitor. Obviously, he has the outside the show stuff, which happened. But as far as just like being a super good physical competitor, I think he's like top six, seven guys ever. I was gonna say, did I was I on the when we did that show way back when in the Challenge Chronicles archives? I guess the Patreons can uh, go subscribe to that. Was it four bucks a month? Patreon? Four bucks a month. Yep. Yeah. See, I don't even notice it come off the. I mean, you guys may have caught me. Uh, mine. I don't remember how You're I got the feed, but I, I do like know. going back and listening to old episodes. I, I I have so many questions, by the way, about this very first show you guys did with some brand. Because in the very like first episodes, I was listening to like Gauntlet One or something, and you guys made reference to doing this one show with someone else, like a fourth member. And I was like, who is? And you guys bring it up a ton, in, like the first ten episodes, then it's never talked about again. I know it's like Maris from Frasier, right? You just never heard about him again. But yeah, he was on the episode. It's still up on our podcast feed, I believe. So you can go back up and check on it. Oh, is he any good? I mean, none of us were any good at that point. Would you say that you're good now? I think I'm better. I think good. It's just, you know, it's just such a wide scale, right? Like if you just pull somebody off the street and say, am I better than that guy? Probably. If we look at the actual span of like professional podcasters, no, I would think I'm probably below. I will say, just having listened to, because I listened to all the episodes, so like the old episodes and like even going back to revisit some of the old ones to check out some of the seasons, like you and Trace are obviously a lot better now. Devin's personality is so much fire now. It's awesome. Like he's, he has it back then, but now his just commitment to like, now here are the takes, I'm pissed off and I'm going to say it. It's like night and day. It's awesome. It's funny because each of us, like, because of a different stretch of the show, we were the person that was the angriest to what was going on between Trace, Devin, and I. I think Devin's definitely got the title right now, though. Yeah, but De- Devin is the most emotional of the bunch. Like, he has, like, when he likes something, it's very clear that he really likes it. When he hates something, it's very clear that he really hates it. Like, that's that's good podcasting. That's where you want to be. I know. I'm, I'm too nuanced. I, I try to find the good or the bad in everything. Yeah, you, you just, you rob both sides. I, I see both sides. That's you. I think I try to rep- ensure both sides are actually represented, which usually leads to me beginning yelled at on the show. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get to play the fun middle person. I'm looking at, uh, so, uh, okay, I legitimately don't remember Kefla Hare. I don't know who this is. He was on the first challenge season, that the second season, but, like, the first one that had, like, a, two teams, right? So you're competing against somebody. Um, and he won that season, technically. He won that season. I think he was also the first African-American male to be on the show. Um, and he has like a doctor in sports kinesi. I don't know, some doctor in some sort of fitness related. Uh, no, he topic. he's a doctor of psychology, sports and performance. Okay, okay, that's what it is. So uh, some, something sports adjacent, right? So you think he's got at least some athletic background, so he should be capable. Yeah, like he he's a big dude. He's not in great shape though. He, uh, he's in good I mean, muscle shape, but he's not like. I mean, he's probably like fifty something. So I don't know how much this guy can run. Yeah, you think probably like what? Maybe like slightly bigger Latarian is what we're looking at? Yeah, bigger Latarian would probably like, but Latarian was way more cut. Yeah, Latarian was actually in pretty good shape by the time. Um, was was three was his last season, right? All Stars three, or was he just his two? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, he was on season. one, and even on season one, like Latarian's a personal trainer. Like, he. Yeah. I never understood. Like, it has that has to be a part of your marketing. Because I see it at the gym sometimes, like the fat trainer. I'm like, why would I ever listen? He might know the most about working out in the world. Like, I would never listen to you. This is not happening. Yeah, because my thing is, like, the skinny chef, I can be like, okay, he just has standards, right? Like, so he only eats a certain amount of food. This is a Cuss Corner topic that's coming up. People ever want to get into my show, but they hate sports, just listen to Cuss Corner, right? Which is, is that what you would say if anyone wants to get? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I didn't know if you were teasing something there too. No, but I, I had the take that 
Cust is always big. You know, Cust is a pretty portly fella. That, um, you know, uh, well, obviously this guy knows good food. Look how big he is. I was like, I, I actually think oh. it's the opposite. It's like, this big guy just clearly eats everything that's put in front of him. <laughs> Like, no, usually that means the guy's just at line at McDonald's every day. That's what that means. Yeah, like you know who goes to fine dining? Me. I don't weigh very much. Yeah, like so I'm like 145, 150, right? And I, I work out a ton, uh, but I also basically cook all my own food. I don't eat out fine dining or fast food dining. But I also, I mean, I haven't had McDonald's since I was in like high school. And if I do go out, usually it is you know a nicer place for that's as uh, as infrequent as that is. But that's that's my thing. I think the bigger dude is just guy who's going to eat anything. But my thing is, for comparing that to the trainer, like even if, yeah, again, even if he knows everything, he's got to have a real good reason why he's out of shape. Like, I don't even know what that would be. Just some sort of chemical thing that happened to him. Because not just put that into practice for yourself, then I'm not buying it. Now, like if it was, if I was going to a powerlifting trainer and he was like looked like Magnus von Magnussen, I'd be like, oh yeah, you look like an atlas ball this is the guy i want to listen to like you look like you got and that's what i would kind of say about uh kefla is that he doesn't quite look like a exercise ball in shape but he looks like a guy that was super jacked 10 years ago and he just said screw it like i don't care if i put on 15 pounds of fat like i'm he's still like he's still big like his traps are huge his arms are huge he's just not cut at all yeah in terms of just hanging around that might do him well here right because i don't know how many connections he's gonna have on this cast but if he's just a big fit he's just a big dude he can lift a lot of weight then it's like okay we don't want to see him in just like some brawler elimination if he, and he also seems like a pretty smart guy but then if we're going to the final with this dude, all right, fine. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with that. Do you think that the olds will team up with each other versus the youngs? Like, Veronica, uh, Tina, Kefla, Adam, like that? Quarter- I definitely think on the female side, it's going to be the case. I'm very curious to see what happens with Nicole, Laurel, and Cara Maria on this season. How that triangle that's already been a factor on the show in the past, how that's going to play out. Because... I think, I mean, Rachel, Tina, Veronica, you assume are going to come in and they're going to be thick as thieves, right? Like, they're just, they're going to try to run everything. I don't know. No? You think I, I think that's, I think that's the way that'll be presented and that will be the story. But, like, what do these people have in common with each other 20 years later? Um, I think they, a lot of them still talk. I know Tina and Veronica still talk. I don't know how much Rachel does with the other two. But were Tina and Veronica really all that, like, did, were they really looking out for each other, each other all that much on season three? um well they weren't so tina was on three and then she just kind of quits right she has or said two where she quits man i'm gonna think she quits on two when she's competing against um melinda Melinda. i think she dqs on three so i don't think she's just been kind of around enough for us to say i'd expect them to work together i also think it's in their advantage to work together because i would bet you the rest of the cast use them very similarly in terms like the house strengths and weaknesses portal and that if one of them goes it's pretty easy to just get the other one it just Rachel's a like I would expect Rachel. Rachel was a much better competitor than them to begin with, and just based on you know the shape that she is in, like she's in fantastic shape. That you think that she probably, I, she might be in better shape than Kara. I was gonna say, is there a chance she just shows up and is the best competitor? Yeah, I, I do think that's the case. I, I think I think Kara probably has more strength, and you just the the one thing that you can't overlook in this, depending on what everything is, like it's gonna be tough for Cam because this was filmed a year ago. She's had a kid since, right? Yeah, and she had just had a kid. Yeah, so she got pregnant after this, and then or maybe I mean it's a challenge. So she crazy, might end up right? being pregnant on this season and have to go. Who knows? But Cam and Laurel's size is just such an X factor on the women's side. Like just how like Cam's big, man. Like she's tall. She's hard, like, if you're smaller, she's hard to move. Like, Laurel's probably the only, and Ayana, I guess, too. Like, Ayana's big. 
she actually seems like she got in way better shape heading into the season too, though. Seems like she lost a lot of weight heading on to this season. That's the thing, man. It's just, remember when Laura went up against Kara and the balls in elimination on Invasion of the Champions, and yep. Kara was just just Dummy kind of swallowed up every single time. Yeah, like it's just it's hard to as someone who's not. I mean, you're not very tall either. I'm not very tall, but I just mean like me being not that I'm a good basketball player by any means, but like I had more. I would have more skill in a game of one on one with a guy who was four inches taller than me. He just beat me. Like, what am I supposed to do? He just put his hands up. I'm not tall enough. Yeah, and I do think Kara's gotten pretty good at figuring out ways to get around that, like beating Nia on a free agent when they're doing the... like. You love them. bringing up, like, all you got to do is, like, win one, like, decent elimination ever, and Rob's going to be like, look, you, you can beat anyone. She, you know how to... She couldn't beat fucking Michelle. Well, that wasn't a completely different elimination. That was a puzzle was pushing elimination, which I still think she... I mean, she should have won in the sense of, like, she should have been better at that than she was. She should have really won by 20 minutes. She, she had the, all her pieces on the platform. Michelle had, like, one on the platform. Yeah, I don't... I didn't, could, you just, could you just not do puzzles? Like, what happened there? I mean, I think... I, I really think this thing about puzzles is really both underrated and overrated. I think that there are... People who are predisposed to being better at puzzles because their logic is better, but people who don't know how to do puzzles can look at a puzzle and figure it out instantly, and vice versa. Like, it just, it depends on the puzzle. That's my thing with puzzles. I think that they're obviously very important in terms of who determining when wins the show, especially a season like this, right, where we only have one winner. You'd assume puzzles going to be a huge factor, which I think is a big thorn on Leroy's side, which we'll probably get to later. Um, but, like, they're also not, they're... It's really important to be good at them, but also you can anybody can look into it. I think anybody can kind of look out of it too. Sometimes there's something just doesn't fall together, no matter how good a puzzle you are. Yeah, I remember on War of the Worlds one. Remember Maddie got hers in like four seconds because it just fell into place, and she's like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, she, it worked." And she there was a uh, mission later that season that she wins. She she D and West are the three winners of that one because because it kind of happens, and you don't think of Maddie as like a puzzle all star by any means, but sometimes she just kind of got lucky a couple times. Yeah, you you can get lucky with a puzzle. Uh, you, I mean, it's harder to get like I, they they cannot have Sudoku ever again on this show. Like it just it's, I think Sudoku is here as long as running is. I, I just it, it's the least compelling TV I've ever seen. Like at least make it. Remember what was it Inferno one where they had to do a crossword based on clues from the season? Like do that. Yeah, instead. that's actually fun, right? What's that? So that's actually fun to have a crossword, like a crossword that like challenge team clues. That's actually a fun thing for them to do. Yeah. So like, there's a crossword that you can go. So there's a giant crossword that everyone has to do as a stage of elimination or of the final or something. And if you know the answers to them all, you can fill it out, and that's your advantage. If you don't know the answer, there ha there's some sort of thing that you can go do to retrieve the answer for it. But it's like pretty taxing, and it's like a legitimate time penalty. Like you have to go dig up something or that cost you five minutes. But if you just know the answer, you can put it in. Because my thing is, like, if I have a friend who's doing crosswords a lot, that's a little weird. But, like, okay, at least they're, like, you know, looking at actual their actual knowledge of certain different subjects. If I have a friend who's just doing Sudokus constantly, that's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, a word search level type thing. Like, Sudoku's a bit different. It's just, it's not compelling TV. And at least with a crossword, you could tie it into things that have happened on the season with other challengers. And, like, cut away to something instead of seeing like a manual stare at a sudoku like uh <laughs> can you finish so i can like write down what you did yeah do you do you care if they legislate that out at all listen if people no if they leave it up there for people to cheat i would cheat wouldn't you no i would absolutely do it but do you think the production should step in and like take the puzzle down themselves i do somebody? think that they should do that but i, I thought it was a I mean, if we talk about the reunion i thought it was a bit rich when narice accused him of doing that when narice and Corey actively worked together to try to get through a phase 
Yeah, it's just and he was right. Like, yeah, that's what everybody was doing. Not necessarily just on that one phase, but at the different points throughout the final, everybody's stealing from everybody. Yeah. So overall, I I, th- I I'm very excited for this season. I like. I like the way that they put it through. I, I had a point to make about this as well, about the challenge in general. And now I can't really remember what it was just because I, I took a 15-minute nap before I started doing this and everything kind of left my mind after I went and saw Dune. But it had something to do with people don't care about the athletic part of the show at all. They just don't. And People being fans? Or, like um... people who watch the show. I mean, I do to some degree. I mean, but it's only a small part of it, right? Like I... I... But that's the part that they, that's control. the part that they lean into for this show now. Like, if I wanted to watch some of this shit, I'd watch American Ninja Warrior, which I don't like watching because it's not entertaining. And I think that's I sort of a part of the American audience experience. And almost to go back to what you said about traders, people like the big personalities on traders and conflict and everything that comes along with it. And that's what they've got away from on the main show. But they don't. They actually seem to lean into that on All Stars, which I'm very much looking forward to. For me, I think it's almost not leaning in the competitive aspect. The show just seems very hallmarky now, right? Like it just seems like, like that's the storylines they're playing off of are so saccharine and uh, existential moment based that it's not as I some of it definitely is leaning in the competitive parts of it, but it's not like the the show they're casting is completely entirely physical athletes. Some of the we got to saw your big T's and Melissa's hanging around who are not super athletic background types, like, uh, but everything they focus on is just so. Uh, a very specific bit. Maybe. I'm just trying to think back for like what my favorite challenges were. Do you remember the one? I think it was in Inferno 2 and they had to dress in a chicken suit and go on stilts and then have to like squish the orange like and try to yeah, squeeze the orange into the thing and you couldn't knock it over. Like that was an awesome challenge. Like that's all I really want to see from a mission. Yeah, and like it's still athletic enough. Like you can't I don't care if it's athletic at all. Like just make it fun. Well, for the people who do. But who does? I mean, I don't want this to be completely random in terms of who wins these missions. I want it to be a trusted diversity of skill sets, but I don't want this to basically be flipping a coin based on who wins. Listen, you had to use stilts. You had to squeeze a mango or something like that. The Miz was great at squeezing the mango. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It at least has a very specific skill, which I'm all for. Yeah. I, I just, it is interesting. Why Why do you think All-Stars is edited so different than the main show? Because I think that when they look at the internal demographics of this show versus the other show is that they're dealing with... I wouldn't say that the minimum age requirement to tune into All-Stars by and large is probably like me and Trace's age, but um, it's probably like 35 and above, right around 40, and you get more 45-year-olds, 50-year-olds who are watching the show, and they just want, I mean, with anything that's nostalgia-based, which All-Stars really is, it's not really an extension of the main show, and you know, Paramount Plus has Frasier on it, and you have all of these like remake shows. They're just trying to make them in the vein that they used to, when I think of the challenge, like, if I'm someone who has Paramount Plus and I haven't watched the main show of the challenge in 15 years or whatever, like, I, I stopped watching at Rivals or after DM died or something like that. It's been a really long time, but now I have Paramount Plus and I'm scrolling through it. And, hey, I might recognize some of these faces because they're the faces from when I watched the show. I'd want to tune into the show to see a show that was similar to the one that I used to watch. Yeah, if you show people, the average person my age. So it's the average person in their mid-20s. If you show them All-Stars or the main show, which product do you think they prefer? I I mean, I don't know, and I don't care. I, I care a little bit, I guess, maybe just because it's my age demographic. I would be interested, because, like, people watch Hallmark shows, right? Like, people still watch these movies and these products that I have no interest in. So I just wonder if that's who they're getting this Maybe they are. And listen, I, I saw that the reunion, first episode of the reunion, did way better ratings than any of the final four episodes. Yeah. 
Which, again, points you to that was the only thing that had drama. I mean, yes, it had all the, the bigger stars, though CT wasn't there. But that was just, I, the reunion part one was really good. And it was just drama-filled the entire time. People were fighting and, like, got people amped up and they really enjoyed it. So you, you enjoyed the first part of the reunion? I thought it was okay. I mean, I just thought it was That's edited. because you so don't like boring. reunions, because you want to see people do Spartan races. I'm here for people yelling at each other. I would appreciate the reunions if they were a bit more lighthearted and fun. It's just, it feels like I mean, the two Olivia segments were the only two segments that got any closure. I could not care about that. It's funny because those were the two segments I didn't like. Yeah, I thought they were, those two were drawn out. I did not care about those ones. So there was just other parts. Like there was the one, I forget even forget what they were talking about. There was one they were just jump cutting constantly throughout the whole argument. There was the other argument later where Tori and Kara started arguing about World of Worlds 2 where very clearly Kara said something beforehand that was cut out. It just seems, I get why they do it. I mean, we're going to air this thing for two hours. We can't just pick a couple of these altercations that are more significant and just at least let the entire thing play out. Well, the, the problem, okay, there are two. Do you want to switch? Are we done with All-Stars 4? Do you want to go to the Yeah, we can, we can move on. All right. No final thoughts on that? Uh, I, I think Leroy's got a very good chance to make the final, but I think it might be tough for him to win because it's the one winner and he's not good at stuff that would be. If we pick a guy and a girl who are like the two betting favorites right now, it's got to be Laurel on the women's side, right? Got to be Laurel, really. I was going to pick Rachel. No, it, it's... It's Laurel, Kara, Rachel, Cam. One, two, three, four. In terms of like betting odds, I, I think any of those four can win. Yeah, I think any. Uh, there's like eight women who could win this thing, right? I, I would probably pick Rachel. I think she's the most relevant. Yeah, like the only other ones I could see winning would be Janelle. Uh, let's see. Nicole, it just seems like if it's one or Nicole, that's not her strength. It, 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 well, if this is going to be guys versus girls, like you said, it's going to be puzzle heavy. She has zero chance. She's got no shot. She's she's bottom of the player at that, and it's almost like like in the regular season I could kind of see Avery winning, but with this cast I don't see it. Yeah, I mean I have no idea. Like Avery wasn't that great of a competitor to begin with, and now she's got even bigger jugs than before. Uh, what about Devin's favorite Janelle? Any shot or no? Yeah, I said Janelle. Janelle would be the oh, one did? I would put oh, in. I, I think Janelle's good, and she's super smart. Yeah, yeah, I think I wouldn't have her in the top crew, but I think she's got a shot. And on the men's side, like I could legitimately see anyone winning. Really? Yeah, I would say that Leroy and Tony are the favorites with Brad. Like, those three are, like, clearly a cut above of, like, what we know of them. But, like, Adam Larson could just be good. Yeah, I, I don't—I I think, like, Kehoe, uh, Derek Chavez, like, Tyree, even Jay. I have a hard time seeing I mean, I, I, I can't speak to Jay because I don't know. At least I've seen Ryan Kehoe, and I, have, I just saw Derek Chavez and Ryan Kehoe. They're not doing shit. Like, they might— Yeah, they're not doing So, like, let's, <laughs> let's cross them out. Could Steve Menke win? Maybe. Eh, maybe, why not? Um, yeah, like Kefla could be awesome. Brand Brandon Nelson could be really good. I doubt Ace wins. I, I like him, but he's just not that great. Um, Tyree, I don't know. Like, I mean, Tony doesn't even drink anymore. Dude is yoked now. It's been a minute since we've seen him. He was pretty good in all three of his last appearances with the Champs versus and then Midas and Final Reckoning. So, I, he, I mean, he, Brad, and Lee were far, far and away the top three guys in this guy. It's not close. Yeah, but like Jay could be really good. We don't like, we saw him on one challenge ever, and he did make the finals. <laughs> as the layup team but still he still made it there yeah he still made it there i, I think he's actually not as bad as some of those other games okay I, I just don't see him like, i also think he's gonna get put in for him i don't know any connections he has with these guys yeah but there's a lot of people who are just like you i mean it might take them a second to do it but i don't see a lot of connection between anyone on the male side like leroy is obviously connected to cam and probably kara as a result kara to nicole and laurel in a weird way other than that, like you got Veronica, Tina, and Rachel. You can probably connect. I think Keo and Veronica were friends on last season. 
maybe Brad would be their friend. I can't remember if they've ever, like, what their interactions with Ace or Adam was. I don't think it was anything crazy. Like, there's just a lot of unconnected people here. Yeah, I think Leroy's the one of the guys that sticks out, just having a lot of connections on the team side. I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't make it. If he doesn't win? No, not if he doesn't win. If he doesn't make the final. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably with you on that. He should make the final unless he catches a bad elimination. So yeah. the reunion... I just I enjoy I enjoyed sitting there and there's one thing that sticks out to me in general. It just it bothered me at the time and I've really become a big Corey fan um, throughout the course of the season. I don't know why. I've just I just root for Corey Lay now. <laughs> uh, but when Big T and Melissa were yelling at him and then he started yelling back and he's like, "You can't yell like that! Like you can't yell. All you do is yell at women." I was like, "You're yelling at him! Like what do you want the guy to do?" Right. I mean, there were so many of those things. So there's the other part where they're arguing with a sass, and then she like turns to a staff like, "Look at him, so he can start talking, right?" And then immediately she tells him to stop talking as soon as he starts talking. Well, that's good because everyone should tell a staff to shut up. I think he's good for the show. I get why people. I, don't I like agree, him. but I just like that he's a moron, and everyone acknowledges that he's a moron, and everyone just mean to him now. <laughs> yeah, it's a type of thing where, like, you think Josh is good for the show or not? I think Josh is good for the show. I've come around to really liking Josh. And I don't, and that that's another part of it. I don't think you need super athletes on this show. No, I don't think you definitely don't need a whole crew of them. I mean, my one thing would be if they are going to make this show super competitive, I wouldn't mind that we just get a lot of pretty good competitors on it because then at least the competitive aspect of the show will be good. But I actually think I always do Josh as like, hey, if nothing else is going on, the ha- on in the house, the camera can always cut to Josh and Josh is up to something. Yeah, Devin's the same way. Like, Devin's not a, because someone asked me, they were just like, is Emmanuel's win like a real win? I was like, his win was just better than Devin's win. <laughs> Which was like a freebie. So freaking weird, right? Because all these wins you have to do individually anyway. I mean, some of these people won with eight other people. Other people like Danny and Sarah win when everybody else DQs. Nobody else finishes. But like, what do you think is a more impressive victory? Emmanuel winning this season or Devin winning last season with Tori? It's Emmanuel. Uh, probably Emmanuel this, this season, honestly. It's, it's this season. Like, it's not even it. close. Like, Tori yeah. and Devin's win it felt like it was set up. Like, with the casting that they had, the teams that they made, they were like, it's going to be ban- uh, Bananas and Nani or Tori and Devin. Those are your two options of who can win this season. It is crazy because every show I went on before the season with a couple of different people, it's like, yeah, it's just between Bananas and Nani and Tori and Devin, right? Like, that's just what it's going to be. And then in the end, it comes down to one thing between Tori and Devin and Bananas and Nani. Like, like they deserve to win out of the pairs that were there. But it, and he, he did. I mean, he had the best female partner on the show, I think. By a good, I, well, I guess Laurel was there too. But one of the best. Yeah, but Laurel had a bad male partner. Yeah, yeah, and he he had a cast of like a lot of his friends, a lot of people he had built relationships with in the past. And the format was set up to be in a pretty good way for them. I mean, they were in the first elimination. But you compare it to Emmanuel, where he had some friends coming on in the season, but it was not a ton. You could have easily seen a situation where he was pushed towards the bottom. And I mean, he gets to the final. I think he was pretty clearly the best person there once he won the final. Yeah, in terms of the final, I think that the only, like, if Corey had done better on the balance beam, I don't know how close he would have been. It's just, if someone could have done the Sudoku, well, they could have won. But it seemed like everyone got stuck at that part. Like, Norris definitely could have won. But the part where Emmanuel separated from everyone is, like, he dusted everyone besides, I think it was Colleen in the swimming part. And then he just outran her the rest of the way. But if Jay and Michelle were there, both really good swimmers, they could have kept up with him in the swimming portion. And then the running part doesn't become so much. I think Michelle could have won that final. Because she would have been... She would have been a really good swimmer. She can eat and she can do puzzles. Like the running part would be her worst part, but there was no like carry something heavy and run. It was just run. No, I definitely think either of them could have won. What do you think of Corey saying he felt like Jay was the one person who didn't deserve to be in the fun? That's why he called him out. Yeah, I mean, you have to come up with an excuse to call someone out. 
I mean, you could just say he was annoying. I think you say he didn't deserve to beat him. And you've got like Mariah sitting there, who I don't know what she did throughout the season besides try to keep James around. I don't know. You just you just say whatever you just say whatever you want. Like it's I, just I, funny to me too because it seemed like they were pretty tied together throughout the season. I noticed they had a huge falling gap heading into the final. I, Corey was tied to Michelle. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Not so much Jay, and that, there did seem to be a divide with that. But like Jay was super live to win that final if he didn't get knocked out. Yeah, I definitely think he would have Kishuk one. I, I think Emmanuel probably does win in the end. I, I do think he's also a pretty good competitor. I see that that's the whole thing. Like I think when you put him on season forty, whether he's on it or not, I don't know. Like when we were talking about what was the last season that he was on? Uh Spy Size and Allies. Yeah, he was good on that season. He was one yeah. of the best guys. And he got beat by Devin in a puzzle when like Devin's decent at puzzles. Like that's something that Devin can beat you in. But other than that, like Emmanuel was one of the best guys on that season. Like we called him like discount Jordan for a reason. He was good at everything that Jordan was. He just wasn't as good as Jordan, which no one really Being is. Being discount Jordan's a pretty good thing if you're actually discount Jordan. Yeah, and he kind of is. Yeah, he might even just be better, slightly better politically than Jordan is because he's not uh, getting into fights constantly. No, he's just hooking. He's just hooking up with everyone, just like Jordan does too. By the way. Yeah, it's probably probably a big thing this season was everyone would use the porta potties that were on site to either talk politics or hook up, and they just never showed it. Yeah, I, I I don't know why they don't show that. Like I I really don't understand it because that's like why I'm watching the show. But yeah, that that's the reality that we live in. I think the show's just passed us by with that. They're they're just other things they're focusing on. Yeah, and maybe I've aged out of the show. And like you said, maybe they're catering more to the soft people of your generation. Or like, oh my god, I can't believe they're hooking up. I can't believe they're drinking. They're being mean to each other. Do you know how mean people used to be? Do you know how mean people used to be to each other on camera in this show? There in Inferno One, Katie was ripping into Veronica about the pock marks on her face. I mean, we were just watching Cutthroat, right? Where Laurel tells Big Easy he's got a tiny dick and nobody wants to touch him. Well, that's after Big Easy told Laurel that she had a bunch of back knee, and they cut that part out. That that, that feels like coming like coming at somebody with a punch, they come back with a shotgun, right? I don't think so. Like she was basically insinuating no. that Laurel was a man, Big Easy, and then so she went in hard on Big Easy. Okay, that's not really what I mean. But okay, I mean, I, I guess I guess that is fair. Then the other thing I thought was really odd. The segment where they ask who's the most desperate competitor, and then Colleen says Michelle is the most desperate, and she, like, flips out. I mean, is most desperate, like, the worst thing to be on the show? I don't know. I love Michelle, so I just want to see her on every single season. I do—see, this is the one thing that I don't like about having—like, Emmanuel wins, obviously. He's Romanian. Colleen's German, so is Berna. That part of this show is the back and forth and, like, conversations Mm -hmm. in the house and insults. and At least to me, that's what it is. Maybe it's not to everyone anymore. But, like, having people who don't speak English as a first language is a detriment to the show. It, it is tough. And you feel bad, but, like, it's just true. It's yeah. just much harder. Like, if she does, I, like she said, maybe she was faking that she doesn't know the word, but if she really doesn't understand the context of the word, then the segment, like, doesn't even make any sense at that point. Yeah, right? And it's, I, and again, I, I don't know why, like, would you take Umbridge as being the most desperate person in the house if you were there? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not on this show for a reason. It's not just because, you know. I mean, my thing would be I'm desperate to win for sure if I'm there. Like, how many shots am I getting at this? I want people who think of themselves as desperate to win. Yeah. The one thing I was, uh, like, confused about when, like, Laurel was the MVP of episode one by far. Like, she was, it's like she was a field producer just getting people fired up. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I thought, I know she came, I thought Darrell came off the best of the champions. Like, he was the one who was just like, oh, he seems like a good dude coming out of it. But Laurel was definitely causing the most action. Yeah, Darrell's there because he's getting a paycheck. He's like, I'm Darrell. People like me. Like, don't, don't fuck around with me, because I will, like, knock you out like you're Brad. 
Yeah, I wonder how much longer he's going to be around. They do seem to love to go to him. It's just the guy who we're just going to have everybody likes in the house. I think it's a pretty, like, it's got to be, because yeah, he runs his own boxing gym or, like, he, his own gym in, like, the Bay Area, I think. Uh, it must be a nice payday for him to keep coming back. Like, it's, what, two weeks? Or, or an appearance here, appearance there for, like, 10 grand, 20 grand? It's a great gig if you can get it. Yeah, it's not bad. And I'm sure that his appearance is on this foster business at his business, which would be huge. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I thought was really bad, too, was the trivia one they did. I just did not need that. Yeah, look, they invite too many people to the reunion. Remember when the reunion would have, like, eight people? Yeah, well, the best reunion ever is Rivals 2 when there's, like, 12 people on a station it's live, right? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so th- you want something that's lighthearted, and you're like, here's the best reunion ever, Rivals 2, where people are well, fighting Well, it was lighthearted for 85% of it, and then you have the 15% where everybody's yelling at Moses. That's the perfect reunion. Like, just take the... Yeah, the 12. The t- the 12 most significant people of the season, as determined by the producers. Like, Big T and Melissa would probably still be there because yeah, they, they kind of carried fun. the first half of the season, or at least Melissa did, with all of, like, her fighting with everyone. But, like, I didn't... I get Horacio was a big part of the season as it pertained to Narice. I, I didn't need to see Horacio live via Zoom. Like, he added literally nothing. I just didn't need the... I mean, Olivia got, like, 20 minutes with her and Narice and her and Horacio. I just did not need that. That ate up so much time that I didn't need. Like, for someone who was, maybe part two will be different for him. And my uh, my friend Sia Najad just interviewed him on his show, Sia Najad Sports. Uh, if you YouTube that, he had Kyland on his show. That maybe Kyland's a big part of episode two of the reunion. But he was like, I, I would say, like, if you had to like, kind of power rank who the most important people of this season were, he would be number two to me. Of like, Narice is number one, Kyland's probably number two of like who made the biggest impact who has kind of set themselves up to be like a, I don't want to say a star for future seasons, but someone like is going to get recasted. Like Kylan has to be recasted. He was great. Yeah, he might say no, but they're going to ask him to come back for sure. I, I did think that was odd how little he got shown. Yeah, and like, but we got so much of this, like I, I don't care about Olivia like at all. Like she's a bad competitor. Um, I don't think she's like a nice person. She kind of looks like Patrick Mahomes' wife. I did not think of that one before. Yeah, yeah, she's just she comes off somewhat inauthentic to me when she's on the show. She's just not the type of competitor that I need to have a ton of storylines focused on. Yeah, and like Horacio, put him on the season. I don't need like what I know you have to invite him because he won, but like what was the point of having Emmanuel there? I mean, he had more, way more screen time on spots than Alex. He actually had storylines on that show because he was hooking up, up with Tori. What's that? Sorry, sorry I, I missed you there. You said something. Yeah, I said he was hooking up with Tori. Yeah, and Michelle, right? He had two of the, the now the biggest faces on the, of the female side of the show. So if he we was, had, hooking, was so, more active that season. So if we had to draft 12 people to be at this reunion, you could only have 12 cast members. Who would we draft? We draft Jay and Michelle. They're one and two. Yeah, they got it. Kylan and Narice. They're three and four. Um, Emmanuel, because he won, would probably have to be there. Uh, I think Corey, because just because of the beginning and the end of the year. Uh, so there's six. So who are the next six? Melissa? Um... Yeah, I don't know if I need Mariah there. No, you don't. You don't need Mariah or James. Olivia probably is one of the people. Yeah. It it is funny that everyone coming out of the house said James was, like, the funniest guy there and just never gets shown on TV. Well, I I told you, like, go watch clips of him, like, on YouTube from his shows. He's great. I mean, I think he – I mean, Rossi was a pretty big part of the storylines this season. And I think there would be interesting things to ask him, but I don't know that they would. So if I was, like, in charge of producing the reunion, like I'm facilitating what's going on, I wouldn't mind having him. All right, so we're at eight. Uh, Raven, I would have. Raven's got to be. I hope she's a bigger part of the part two of the reunion. I think she's somebody else had a really good season. 
this time around. So there's um, I don't think you need Burnout or Colleen, do you? I don't think so. No, I mean I like I like Zara, but you don't need no. her there. I don't think she said a single. No, she's word. not gonna add. Um, it's funny because like I really don't know how many more people you need beyond that group, right? Yeah, I, I, Asaf, you would probably Maybe. have to invite. It's that Asaf should be on there. Asaf should definitely be like, on there. If yeah. I was gonna yeah, do I was gonna it, like Huey. I was gonna say if I was gonna do it for entertainment, I would have Huey there. Yeah, I was gonna say just have Huey on there because he might not be on the season that much, but you bet you'll have comments on what everybody else is doing at least. Like I could see I, I mean I would probably invite Ed because this was yeah. Ed's season to win and he just absolutely made a moron move and blew it. Yeah, part of it for me with the reunion, I actually do care about like how the people decided to do what they did, like how the winner won this season. I would be interested for me, like how do you, like what made you win this season? Not just from like a physical perspective. What would the stuff you did throughout the season that helped you win? I would be interested in hearing. I don't know if most people. So yeah, so we you could probably limit it to a cast of ten who's on the stage, and then you can actually dig into some more of this stuff. And if you need to have someone Skype in, you can Skype in Berna for a second, which I never like care to see Berna ever again. But like you can put Kieran in if Jordan had been there. You can talk about their elimination or whatever it might be. And you can like listen, I love Darrell. You don't need to have Darrell there. I was gonna say, do you want the champs there or no? I thought at times they did a decent job facilitating the conversation. Yeah, I, I think that they act more as producers. But like I don't need like Laurel was doing a good job. Like I said, instigating people. It seems like she knows a lot of people on this cast as well. And I think Kara, Kara's done a really good, like, her rebranding job since coming back has been, like, more fun, more lighthearted, which I really enjoy. It, it is funny how during World of Worlds 2, like, the fan reaction was so tilted in favor of Tori. Right? Like, she was so much of the fan favorite. And it's completely flipped now when neither of them have been on the show together. People like Kara, and the same thing just happened to Tori. When, when you do, like, eight seasons in a row, people are just going to get sick of you. And it's just what happens, right? And, and, and Bananas can... fell into that trap for a while, but now him doing these other shows is actually helping him a lot. Well, he just comes off way better on the other shows, I think, just because of what they want to actually put on TV. Yeah, and, I mean, people forget, and this is uh, my wife and I were talking about this with traders, that you, you have these guys who are good political players or, you know, they're housewives, so they've never been in a competition show before. Like, even someone like Trishel, and I don't want to spoil, uh, I mean, Bananas is the first person out on traders because they're like, hey, this guy's really good. Let's get rid of him. Like, in a very sensible move. But, like, even the people that are from Big Brother or Survivor, they've done, like, two reality shows ever. CT's done, like, 20 seasons of competition reality shows. Like, he gets it. (laughs) Yes, it's just, when you see, like, Bananas or Wes, or CT, I think, to a slightly lesser degree, show up on a show, they're just a different species than a lot of people on. They just, they understand how to make good television, but they also understand, they very much understand the competition aspect in so much that they know... Sort of like when you read the rules of a board game and then you just know the rules, then you can use the rules to your favor because no one else knows the rules. They're so ingrained and they've done this so many times. Like they know what the producers are thinking and like they know how the challenges played themselves out. Like part of Bananas and Wes's biggest skills at the challenge is just like it's not breaking a challenge because everyone points to that one that Bananas broke on Total Madness that he didn't win. So how much did he really break it? But just the cadence with everything the pattern recognition of like oh if this happens and this has to happen then this has to happen and here's probably like where the twist is coming like they're just very good at knowing that or like you know, the housewives aren't because they're just usually drinking prosecco and fighting with each other you remember on rivals three when they had the mission where you were on top of the soap bar and you had to like scrub it out oh yeah and then everyone else is just like going it's a hilarious mission to go back and watch that one's incredible going back and watching that mission but everybody else is just like going crazy humping this soap bar and west just like takes his knee and rubs out the parts where the numbers are and that's it yeah 
Yeah, it's a lot of what it takes. Yeah, it is. The two, the two of them in particular, too, they do seem to actually care about making a good product where they'll actually be like, hey, we should have this conversation on TV. Like, we should talk about this in a way so that it comes on TV. This is important parts of the game. Whereas now, I mean, you got people hiding the porta parties. They, they don't hear about their alliance talk, which is so weird to me. It does seem like the the people who are on the show now, like they, I don't know if they really need the money, but they just, they really want to win because it's like a status type thing. It's no different than like, you know, Dan Marino was collectively known as like a top five quarterback of all time at the point of he retired. It was a bummer that he had never won a Super Bowl, but no one really cared about how like it, it didn't impact his greatness. Like Montana was the best because he was the best and won four Super Bowls. But Marino was like, this guy's like clearly the best. Um, he just happened to never win a Super Bowl and that was okay. But if you were to look through it through 2024 lens, if you've never won a Super Bowl, like how could you even be in a conversation of the best ever? And like very clearly Dan Marino was one of the best quarterbacks ever. But if you ask people to do a list, like the highest he'd probably come in is like ninth. He might not even make people's top tens. Like Ben Roethlisberger would be ahead of him because he won two Super Bowls. Like give me a break. And that's how these challengers, I think, are starting to see it. Yeah, I think there's just a frame of mind difference that some people have for some things. Right? Some people really care about the top. And I think that's just person by person. I don't think it's generational. I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just some people care about some people. I tend to come in the camp that doesn't care about that. Like, I think Tom Brady was an exceptionally good quarterback. The fact that he won as many Super Bowls as he did, like, it's nice. Like, it's good. But I, I always view things more from the perspective of what was your peak performance level at versus what your career accomplishments were. I think your career accomplishments can be very subjective through different lines, where it's just who's the best is who's the best. Like, who would you rather have at one point in time? Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's the, the case for CT versus Bananas. Like, if, like CT is the best ever at the challenge. Like, he is a, and it's funny because in his most dominating seasons, he never won. Yet everyone still said he would be the best. Like, even if you asked, even though he had zero championships at the time of, let's say, going into Rivals 1 when he came back. He was the most dominating presence in the history of this show for every season that he was on. Yeah, certainly physically. Everyone knew he was the best. The reason they were all trying to get him out. Yeah, they were trying to get him out. They, they, people were actively afraid of him because he might kill them on the show. But it wasn't until he like actually got physically worse that he won seasons. Even with Bananas, like what's Bananas' best season? Free agents. Like even on that season, so he beats Jordan in a climbing mission. I know Jordan's great. But like that's the one elimination he's going to have some trouble doing. He beats Isaac in a physical competition. It's not bad. Like, he's what's something he should do. But Isaac's no but no, his thoughts of a great competitor. And he beats CT in the puzzle. And like we said with puzzles, right, sometimes he can just kind of fall into it, as good as CT is at puzzles. And then, I mean, Riley, Johnny Riley beats him actually on the run up the mountain or run down, up the mountain, right? Up the mountain. Yeah, but I mean, um, you win three eliminations and you win the season. You're doing pretty well. Like, he again, very good competitor. But I just think when you look at his peak performance level, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I really have a top four of competitors. Like, him and Sarah kill everyone on Rivals 3. Kill them. That's another cast. We talk about Ryder Dies being set up for Tori and Devin. I mean, Rivals 3 is a joke of a cast. I, I agree. and But, like, they... But it's not like Tori and Devin dominated that season. Like, Sarah and Bananas dominated that season. I mean, that's another thing now. I have, So here's the... T I have a take that I think the Chiefs dynasty is going to be the most overrated sports dynasty ever. Just because of the fact that they really didn't dominate any of these regular seasons or playoffs. They won a lot of close games in these playoffs that other teams didn't that have had long-range dynasties. Um, but they just come out on top. And I, well, I think compared to I, other... See, I, I would disagree because I think that in football, it's so much harder to create a dynasty just because salary cap implications, injuries, bad luck, that can go your way. Like they completely, they, they kept two offensive players and rebuilt their offense after that Tampa Bay Super Bowl that they lost and have now been able to win two more after giving up the guy who almost just won offensive player of the year in Miami with a terrible quarterback. Um, so... 
I, I think that there's a lot to that that's just harder to do. Like, it's no different than the Patriots, like, first three. Like, the Patriots, it's funny, because the Patriots never dominated any of this stuff. The year that they did, they didn't win the Super Bowl. I don't know. If you go back and look at their advanced statistics in 03 and 04, I'm still pretty sure in, like, simple rating system, they're right at the top three of the league. Okay, well, Rob, what are you, two years old at the time? I remember covering football and watching these games, and they were a very mediocre team. Like, they were a great defense, and they played not to lose games, and Brady would make a good throw on fourth down. They played a ton of close games. I mean, I was how old would I be? I would have been, like... Six, seven? seven yeah you're, you're giving yeah. your in-depth analysis of football were you i mean i will say the first so the very first memory i have is when i turned four i remember that very vividly i do remember and I, well, actually i remember the 2001 super bowl very well the patriots ran super bowl. i remember that very good for being three um but like i mean i just go back to their top line statistics you are right with the way the salary caps evolved now that has changed so much but i just think in terms of the, what they actually brought to the table as a team if you just look like how good were each of these teams like i think like the 90s cowboys or niners were probably were way better well, but the 90s or 80s 49ers were way better the 70s steelers towards Andrew, they just put up such more dominant regular seasons and playoffs than those teams have but going back to what i was kind of referencing is you can argue that part of that is that they lay in the stand of it in the regular season they don't show their best so they're not actually trying their best which I think has happened on the challenge the past couple of seasons, which may, just makes it very difficult to, to evaluate how good these people are. They're not trying for so much this season. Yeah, and it doesn't matter either way. So everyone who's the best, who's the best, is just going to be a subjective opinion anyway. Yeah, I guess, I guess just from my own perspective, I, I enjoy when we incentivize people trying throughout the entire time. I would prefer if it was set up more so that you can put a full effort and you don't feel like you're costing yourself anything. Because, I mean, you're right. Emmanuel probably was, like, at various points, he's not trying to win, trying to lay on the sand. Like, you see somebody like West on All-Stars 3, where he wins the first mission that season, kind of just plays dead a lot of the rest that season, has the one elimination against yes, and then he's in the finals. Like, oh, wow, he's by far the best person here. Yeah, and, like, I, like just there has to be maybe not an incentive to win. Maybe you can juice that up. I, I think just adding money to winning would solve a lot of these problems. Like, you get 5K if you win. Yeah, why are prizes gone? I, I don't know. Like, that was, that was such such an incentive for people to actually try because like I, I might not walk away with any money on this but i won three missions so i won 15k <laughs> yeah or even just like do they not want prizes anymore i, I thought that i think that's so weird yeah maybe maybe some of that stuff is dried up i don't know but like the incentive of don't lose because you're going directly in that's that has to be a check on every season and then give mm -hmm. you something for winning Either power or money, whatever it is. I and like I like the J one fifteen grand for Under Armour. What the hell are you gonna oh, buy? Fifteen grand worth. Like his head like is he just gonna buy more headbands so we he can try to trick us that he's not bald, which is not fooling anyone? Fifteen grand with Under Armour is tough, right? What's, I mean what's that? can you buy like can you, can you just buy like fitness equipment on under, under armor? Like can you I buy don't like know. a bench, you know, a bench press? I mean maybe you can under because my thing would be if you get bit like 1500 if you get fifteen thousand to like club monica right some like high-end clothing brand you can you get think that club monica is high-end clothing well no but like i mean i think it's like you can spend 15 15k club monica. yeah you could buy like i mean it depends on where it is at club monica you could buy like 10 suits for fifteen thousand bucks or less or even more than that and like have their top end suits Okay, well, so a, a Pat Mayo then high-end clothing brand, but at least if you do that, like that, you can actually—I think you can spend money and actually like use that stuff. What do you need fifteen thousand of under? Like I, you only I, need I so many know. of these shirts. Oh, to buy presents for people, maybe. Like I'm, I'm on their it's website clothing. right now. Like you can't buy—it's just clothing. That'd be my thing. If it was like, if you could buy, you know, weights and stuff like that, that that can get pretty pricey at different points. But just t-shirts from Under Armour, I mean, it's a dime a dozen. 
Yeah, and that's basically what it is. Like, I'm under military and tactical right now. Like, uh, maybe there's something up there. There's like $200 boots. Great. I'll, 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 I'll take one pair. There's probably yeah, like a cash out he's... option on that. Yeah. Uh, you, you think he's back, right? Who? Emmanuel? No, Jay. Yeah, I, I would have Jay back. 100%. It's just when you see people once they get in this villain role like he's in, it seems like sometimes they kind of go away once the, the fan fervor becomes too much. I don't know. Like I, I, I actually ventured back to the challenge Reddit a little bit just to see what people were saying. People like if they, like I, I don't think that that Reddit is indicative of anything that happens on the show because people, I don't know, are they all like sixteen years old? Is that like the average age? Yeah, I don't, I don't get some of them. Like it, just the wishing he like tears his Achilles because of what you see on the TV screen. Like you're watching the guy for 90 minutes a week. You think that's how he actually is? And even if it is that way, actually, it's like who cares? He's not that way. You don't think that they could have cut him in a way that made him look like the hero and not the villain? They most definitely could have. I mean, I think yeah, they definitely could because there's stuff they can see about cutting before. I think there are some things he does that just unless they're really getting into editing magic tricks that are just very emotionally immature. Like sure, but, but you put you put a different score behind it. You cut it. You cut the scene before it a little bit differently, and maybe those moments that make him seem like a big villain. You're like, oh yeah, that's pretty fun. Like when he's dancing with Mariah, people are like, oh my god. You could have if Mariah and Jay's stories were different throughout the course of the year, which is all editing. Then you're like, hey, this is awesome. I'm glad they're doing well. And like, this is fun. Yeah, I I will say I think they definitely could make him look however they want to. I, I do think that there are certain things he does that just speak to a complete complete emotional immaturity. Like just the fact that like like his for you you didn't watch Survivor and I actually didn't watch his season either. But his mom was like a big story of what he was. I think she had I don't want to. She had a situation where he was basically in charge of her for a while. Yeah, well he um, talked about that on the first few seasons that he was on. Yeah, but they don't show it this time right now, right? Because they wanted to be the villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, 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 I know think what your point is. No, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think they can make anybody look how they want. So. Yeah, that's uh that's where I'm at with it right now. I enjoyed the reunion. I look forward to part two. I'm just more fired up to watch all-stars we need two parts two parts is a lot reunion yeah but whatever they, they need to get to their episode total like and again like when i came on last time and like if people are so down on the season everyone's down on every season because every season like isn't quite as bad as the last one who knows but like the last five or so just the orders are too long and the like if rivals was 21 episodes at 90 minutes a piece it would have been a bad season too it's, just, it's too much <laughs> It's just too much. And I get that they have certain metrics they've got to meet, but it's just too much. My, my preference would be let's do 16 episodes for each an hour long, and we'll have a bonus segment that airs on our website of either like political content they didn't make if you want to watch that or fun content they didn't make if you want to watch that. And that's how the show goes. I, I, would, e- I would even say 16 is too long. I'd say 12 episodes, hour each. I, I don't mind the 16 because I feel like you can get more people on the show. And I, do I don't care pay- about that. I just care about having a good, tight show where I'm constantly entertained, and then it's over, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish there was more challenge. That's yeah. how you should be ending seasons, being like, man, I wish there were more episodes. Not, my God, I can't believe there was 10 too many episodes. You wonder if they're going to keep up these episode orders or if it's going to get bigger from here. 19 is just so long. It is. I mean, th- that was a part of the deal that they signed. Listen, I'm guilty of this too. I do 310 podcasts a year as a part of my deal. Like, I have to do 300 plus. Now, I like doing the shows, obviously. But, you know, my show would probably be of higher quality if I only did four a week instead of six or seven in a week sometimes. Yeah, but at least with it, you're doing different shows, right? Like sometimes Sure, it's... but, like, sometimes I, I tackle topics that I just literally have no interest in because I need to do content. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I feel again, it's just kind of the world we live in right now with how content goes. Uh, we're, we're, it's just throw as much out there and hope so. Hopefully, a couple of them stick. Yeah, just take as many shots as possible, and yeah, that's the way that it kind of goes. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, happy to have you on. Anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, Underdog Fantasy. Download the app. Uh, like I said, if you just go to the Pat Mayo Experience, you can find all the links down in the description of my show. So there's that link. You sign up with code Mayo. Uh, you can have a deposit match of up to 100 bucks. You deposit like five bucks. It really doesn't matter. But the big key is if you do that, you can then fill out that Google sheet that's like 15 seconds. You might win a thousand bucks. Like you don't have to, you have to make the one deposit, get your account set up, and then you can go do that. So I would recommend that you go to, can you, do you have an underdog account, Rob? I do have an underdog account. All right. So there you go. You, you can go now that you, since you already have one, you can go sign up. You don't even need to use code Mayo. You already have an account, so you can just go fill out the Google Doc. Um, but if people don't have one and they want to get in this draw, you know, spend the five bucks or ten bucks, uh, and then you have like the money on Underdog to do whatever the hell you want with it. But you can get the thousand bucks along with it too. So, and it would really help me out. Nice. So everybody wins. Um, yeah. If you're listening to this, uh, this is on our free feed, so you may not be subscribed yet. Check out the Challenge Chronicles at Patreon.com. Subscribe for four dollars a month. It's four dollars. Very cheap. Basically a dollar per episode because we usually put out at least once a week. This week might be getting two. Uh, so it's a great deal if you're interested in the challenge. Are you doing uh, Cutthroat this week again? Yeah, we are. Cut Cutthroat's a banger season, man. I agree. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>